had an idea for a massive prank that parents could pull on their children. I asked parents to pretend they ate all their kids' Halloween candy, record video of their child's reaction, and upload it to YouTube, and we pieced together some of our favorites, and so without further ado, the candy monster strikes again. Last night, we ate every bit of your Halloween candy. It's all gone. I'm so sorry. I was just kidding. Well, that's not very good. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Cereal. Yes, please. All right, go finish your cereal. You are not nice. We're really sorry. But, but we. Ashley, we ate all your candy. Oh, good. My mom ate all your Halloween candy. Yeah? Okay, thanks. Thanks for letting us eat your candy. You're welcome. Do you love us? Yeah. I love I don't like Jimmy Kimmel anymore. It's been two hours walking around the whole entire neighborhood getting candy. Just kidding. <laughs> Two hours walking around doing the arduous, painful job of getting candy. Well, I hope you did have a good Halloween. Um, I don't know uh, what you're experiencing these days, but I can say that this year, 2020, fun is just more fun. I don't know if you've found that before or experiencing that right now. Like fun is just more fun these days because you're not able to have it maybe quite as much. It's great to just be able to see people and smile and enjoy because this year, well, just hasn't been a whole lot of fun. Um, And that's actually kind of where I want to start as we get today kicked off, um, that things aren't so fun. Especially uh, if you have in the past or currently find yourself in a situation where it feels a bit out of your control, where you feel a bit like you're backed into a corner. And so the question I I guess I just want to start with is just kind of a self-assessment of how do you feel when you're backed into a corner? How do you feel? What emotions do you feel in the situations now or in the past when you feel like um, the situation you're in is a bit unjust, unfair, that uh, somebody has done something and it's to your detriment and there's nothing you can do about it and you are on the losing end of whatever situation you're in and there's no good way out of it, right? Because that's what being back to the corner means. There's just no great options on the table. How do you feel? How do you feel when uh, the project that you've spent months on falls through or gets cut? 
How do you feel when you feel like you're being discriminated against because of something out of your control, your age or your gender or your skin color? How do you feel when you got laid off, when you lost that business that you really needed to keep going, when you lost the bank account balance that you worked so hard over so many years to build up, when you lost your loved one, when you lost a friend or a relationship, when you lost your safety and your security, and there's nothing you can do. You're backed into a corner. And it doesn't even have to be that dramatic. It can be small things too, but you know that feeling that you feel when you're left with not a lot of good options. You're mad, right? Or you're really mad. You're afraid. You're lost. You're irritated. You're worried. Or combination of all of the above. And it's just not fun. And most of us have experienced that at least once, if probably not many times this year. I know you have probably felt that simply because of the the COVID-19 pandemic. Because I hear many of you, including myself, we all have been saying, I just want things to go back to normal. Why do you want them to go back to normal? Because you're not in a normal place. You feel backed a bit into a corner. You feel like you live in a world that's a bit too much out of your control. And it's not fun. You feel depressed and you feel a little defeated. You feel a little alone and isolated. And I think that's why a lot of us want to return to normal because we do not like feeling backed into a corner. You know what I'm saying? So here's my invitation to you. And here's what I hope you will consider with me for the next 20 minutes or so. That we have the opportunity to help those who are backed into a corner. We have the opportunity to get together and all together, let's help those who are backed into a corner. Because you know what it feels like. And this is not fun. I mean, how awesome would it have been uh, when you were in that situation, that tough situation? How awesome would it have been to have somebody come along and just help you out, to, to pull you out? of the corner that you were in, the, the tough spot that you were in, the rock and hard place that you were in. So that way you didn't have to feel the pressure that you were feeling, the pain that you were feeling, the loss and the hunger that you were experiencing. In other words, somebody came along and they were the hands and feet of Jesus. And it was such a relief to get that hand up. A lot of people, this is not a surprise to you, a lot of people these days, are feeling backed in to a corner. Not just feeling. There's a lot of people these days that are backed into a corner because economically things are hard. Health-wise, things are hard. Families and, our, and the schedules and livelihoods and lifestyles, they're, just, they're harder these days. And so my request is that today, whether you're a Christian or not, whether this is your first time with Infused Church or not, that we would all go forward, because you don't have to be a Christian to do what we're going to do today and what we're going to talk about today, but that we would all move forward to do, today to do good. To do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be so full, so overwhelmed with good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. 
That for those of us, those of us that are watching today or maybe you tune in during the week and you're listening to this um, uh, sometime this week, that if, especially for those of us who have resources, who have time on our hands, who have food on the table and in the refrigerator, who have a roof over our heads, who have margin in our lives, who aren't just barely making it by. For those of us, whether we have a little left over or a lot left over, if we have resources at our disposal, that we would do this. We would do some good things. We would be rich in those good things and be generous and willing to share. And if that's you, if you have a little left over, if you have a lot of bit left over, in other words, you have some resources at your disposal, what I want you to do right now, if that's you, is to just raise your hand. This isn't committing to anything. I'm just asking you to identify that you have some resources available in your life. Just raise your hand. If you're out in public, raise your hand. If you're alone at home, raise your hand. Nobody's watching. If you're um, driving in the car, keep one hand on the wheel and raise the other hand. People look a little strange at you, but that's okay. I need you, if you have some possibility of helping out, to just raise your hand. Let's, for those of us that, that are raising our hands right now, what I want you to consider today is what it would look like to be rich in good deeds and be generous and willing to share. Because, my friend, There are families, there are children who are right now backed into a corner. And it's not fun being backed into a corner. And we, you and I, we can help. When the church, the the big church, not like little church, not just infused church, I'm talking all the church, the church. When the church started, In the early years of the church, in fact, in about the first 10 years of the church, around 40 or 50 AD, uh, a famine happened in the Roman Empire because the church started in Jerusalem and then it started to expand out and a famine occurred. And the the church had a little heads up on this because uh, they had people with certain spiritual gifts. And one of those gifts is a prophetic gift or speaking about what was to come in the future. And there was a particular um, person with this, this gift who told the church and said, there is going to be a famine. Specifically, here's, here's what this uh, man said. He, he told them, the prophet, there would be very little food to eat over all the world. This happened when Claudius was leader of the country, was, was emperor, was in charge of the Roman Empire. And I realize um, for some of you, when you read biblical stories, you're kind of skeptical. And I totally get that. I was there at, some, at one point in my life too, that you kind of read this and like, okay, so there's some guy and he's predicting the future and that there's going to be a famine. And that's just really hard to believe, Taylor. And I understand your skepticism, but here's what I would say. Jump into this. Look at the additional evidence because, in fact, there is other evidence for a a large-scale famine in the Roman Empire during this period of time. There's um, documentation that the Nile in Egypt, that big river in the the country of Egypt today, um, which was really the breadbasket for most of this area where these events were taking place, flooded 
It over, uh, went over its banks and flooded all of the food and grain that lines the banks of the Nile. And so there was a massive food shortage. And then there's also documentation of high grain prices during that time. In fact, there is actual documentation that Claudius was on his way somewhere and almost got um, taken out by a mob of people who were so upset about the situation of food scarcity in the Roman Empire at the time. Now, we don't get famine very well. Like conceptually, we don't understand famine because we just think you go to the grocery store and well, there's all the food you could ever want and need. But when famine struck, entire villages disappeared. When famine struck, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people died. And it had economic consequences for years and years to come. It gives the idea of economic recession new meaning. Because think about this. If you can't eat, how likely are you to be able to make it to work? Or work for very long? How likely are you to innovate? How likely are you to grow or to start a new business? Probably not very likely. In fact, you're going to be tempted to sell yourself into slavery or indentured work just to eat, just to try to get a wealthy person to take pity on you and feed you. Because in those days, there was no social support net like there is today. There were no food banks. That was not a culturally appropriate thing is to just hand out free food. You were on your own. It was survival of the fittest. You could say that most people in this moment in time felt backed in to a corner. And as we all talked about, that's not very fun. And you know what that feels like. And that's how people felt, not just for a few years, let alone a few, a year, a few years. It was at least five or so years in recorded history where there was a massive famine at this time. And in the midst of that famine, there was a group of people that just took on the title, like just took on the title for the first time, Christian. This small group of people who claim to follow a resurrected Jesus called Christians, Christ followers, Christians. And in the midst of the famine, something amazing happened. This group of Christians agreed. I just think that alone is almost borderline a miracle. That even the Christians agreed. Christians today, well, They can't agree on a whole lot sometimes, I I would say. Um, But what's even interesting to me is this topic, food scarcity, helping those who are in need, pretty much is universally accepted among all Christians that this is something Christians are to do. And I realize this isn't very unique to those of us in the 21st century because we think to ourselves, well, yeah, food banks and those kinds of things are just a thing that you do. But at the time, at the time, this was so strange. If people heard that the Christians agreed and then the Christians were going to help others, people would have just been left scratching their heads. Why? Why? Because this was just not something that was done in the Roman Empire. In other words, that a diverse group of rich people and poor people, people from different different ethnic backgrounds, people who were slaves and free, all saw themselves on an equal footing, all saw themselves as valued in the eyes of God and got together and united together and agreed together that each one 
Each one, Dr. Luke goes on to say, he's the writer of Acts, that each one should give what money he could to help the Christians living in Judea. They were going to get together and go help the people that were stuck. Go help the group of people living in Judea, which was the area by and around Jerusalem, where Christians faced immense persecution. Uh, They were facing distrust from the Roman Empire, hate from the Jewish people, and uh, they were cast out of the temple system, which may have provided them some reprieve from a famine, but they were cast out from that. They said, we are going to go help these people. You see, no religion, no religion, really even almost in documented history, did this. Because the pagan religion, which was the predominant religion in the Roman Empire, they were a um, survival of the fittest kind of mentality too. They were, everyone was on their own. Like you just had to go to, to the gods and sacrifice and pray and beg and hope that the gods would show you favor. There was no civil or civic group or social group that, that was generous, that helped those who were in need. The, the Jewish people would only help the Jewish people, especially so far away because these events were happening all the way up north in like modern day Turkey. And they were agreeing, the Christians there were agreeing that they were going to send food hundreds of miles down south to help food and money to help those in need. But my friends, to the Jesus followers in this story, in this moment in time, in the moment in time in which their world was in a little bit of chaos, when their world was hurting, when their world was feeling stuck, In this moment, they agreed because to them, helping, serving, and loving their neighbor was a no-brainer. There was no question of what they were going to do. It wasn't a question of if they were going to give. It was only simply a matter of how much they could do, what money he could to help. It was a no-brainer because to them, Jesus had loved and served them. And so therefore, they were going to love and serve others. To them, Jesus had come and died and pulled them from their sin, pulled them from their fallenness, pulled them from their stuck place and given them new life. And therefore, they should do the same as they were able for others. Jesus was a light to them, so they were going to be a light in the darkness to others. That's why especially if you're a Jesus follower. I hope you will join me today. And let's all, let's all of us, let's be rich too. Let's be rich in good deeds and generosity and willingness to share too. Especially because, let's be honest, as challenging as a world, as as wealthy and as well off as ours is, especially in this country, we have a little bit left over. For some of us, we have a lot of bit left over that could go a long way in making a difference in other people's lives. And we all understand in this world right now, there's a lot of hurting people. And so I think this is a perfect, perfect time for our Be Rich campaign, our annual campaign to serve and give to others. And since serving is a bit harder in the social distance, uh, social distance time, we're going to focus more this year than ever before on generosity. 
because the need is greater than ever before. And I think you and I could do a lot to help and impact our world this year more than ever. Just like Christians who had a lot less than we do, thousands of years ago decided to, in fact, agreed upon to do, let's be rich too. So how this works, to put a little rubber to the road this morning, all November, we're going to raise money, we're going to pledge money, and we're going to give 100% of it away in our Be Rich campaign. We're going to give it away to those people in need. And it's going to run all November long. We have this graphic, and really wherever you see this graphic, this is, we're talking about Be Rich. And so we're, you're going to see hopefully a lot of this this month. We're going to help those in need, help those who are stuck to get unstuck, to get through the situation that they're in. And, and how we've done this is we've decided not to compete with fantastic organizations. We've decided not to just start our own food bank and our own outreach ministries and our own international ministries and all that. Instead of competing, we decided to support awesome existing organizations who are doing already great work. And we're going to say, we're going to come alongside of you. We're going to partner with you and help you continue the good work that you're doing. And so we've gone out and we've vetted some awesome existing nonprofits and we've gone to them and said, hey, how can we help? How can we make a difference? And so that's what we're going to do today. In the past few years, you have in fact, you have in fact given close to about $10,000 in the past few years. And we just give it away, 100% of it, give it away. I want to repeat that. $10,000, we just raise it and we give it all away and help uh, pay off uh, lunch debt in our school system, help families in need, um, help um, people in poverty, help local food banks, help uh, immigrants who are in really tough spaces uh, with uh, their immigration status and trying to find legality and and safety and and all sorts of things we try to help with. And it's been amazing. And we are going to continue that more than ever this year. Now, I realize this year, and this is kind of a big concern of mine, I've been a little concerned about this personally, is this is going to be really hard to do because we're all online. And so you don't get to see me face to face, and I don't get to see you face to face. And if you miss a Sunday, you may miss out on an awesome moment this month to find out how your generosity is making an impact in other people's lives. But I thought despite that, despite the online challenge, the barrier that we have going on, we still got to go big. Because our world's in pain and we can help. So we have vetted $6,100 worth of opportunities to help some awesome nonprofits make an impact in our world this year. That's about twice what we've done in the past each year. And how this, um, I I think I got a breakdown here. Here's the breakdown right here. How this works is $6,100 goal. Um, The first thing that we're going to help with um, is uh, is local family needs and uh, especially within and through our school district. Um, We have seen a significant bump in uh, people needing assistance. Uh, Last month, uh, we had even uh, some of our Clear Creek Amana school counselors email us directly and say, hey, We have families who have exhausted all options on the table to pay their bills and to get through. They're really, really behind. And could you help us? And we we did our best to help. Um, But we expect that to increase 
We expect that to increase through the winter as long as this continues. And so we are going to hope to raise $1,800 to help those families. So when needs come up and come through, we're going to be able to be there to meet, to help cover utilities. So heat stays on. We're going to cover rent. So people are able to stay in their houses. We're going to cover food if need be. So people can stay and their kids can stay fed. In fact, um, as, as we, we have learned through our school district, in fact, some of the teachers in our local community school districts are, are chipping in to help some of these families um, that are, we're being told about, which is awesome. But I don't know about you. I just think uh, teachers this year are, are doing a lot already. They they have a lot of new things on their plate. And I think it's best to help our teachers just to teach. And we can come alongside and help um, make sure those families and those kids are, are well fed, well taken care of, are making sure that they're in school. Um, and so what, what we're going to do is we're going to raise $1,800. And then what's, I think, even really cooler than that is the first $1,800 right down here that you and I, that we're going to raise together, the first $1,800 is going to be matched dollar for dollar uh, through our partnering denomination, the Church of the Nazarene. And so pretty much right off the bat, we're going to be um, almost over halfway to our goal at $3,600 if we just raise that first $1,800 and, and really make a difference in our local community. And so really encourage you to help out uh, and get involved with that because, I mean, it is dollar for dollar matching, not much of a better deal we can get there. Then internationally, um, things are also pretty tough uh, because when the United States domestically um, slows down, our economy slows down, um, the United States tends to be less generous. And I'm not just talking about governmental um, organizations. I'm talking about just other churches and nonprofits because as they see their donations dwindle, um, they send less of it to those um, parts of our world that are hurting. And so um, we are going to get really involved in a island to our south in the Caribbean, and that is the island of Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Here's Florida. If those of you are geographically challenged, here's Florida, and here's Haiti and the Dominican Republic down there. We're going to get really involved with that island this year. Not necessarily a plan of our own, but just some awesome nonprofits that we've been able to connect with and get to know. And so what we're going to do is we're going to help get prosthetic limbs for amputees, um, because in uh, these uh, very challenging countries, economically challenging countries, when you lose a limb, it's not just physically debilitating, it's economically debilitating, and you cannot support yourself. Because there are just not social networks and, and disability, and there's none of those things, handicap uh, you know, laws, those kinds of things. Those are not there to help you, to give you that leg up that you need. And so by helping somebody get a new prosthetic, um, you are literally giving them a new lease on life. You are giving them the able to be self-sufficient and sustainable and possibly even get a job and get back on their feet. And that is just so, so incredible. And so we're going to do that. And then we're going to also help, um, back up one slide, we're also going to help um, Haiti right there. Um, we're going to help Haiti and partner with an organization called Go Serve Global. It's headquartered uh, in Eagle Grove, Iowa. Um, Ken, the director of Haiti, um, of the Haiti Mission part of their organization is actually going to be here, I think, next Sunday, and I'll be interviewing him. And so really don't miss next Sunday as we kind of go through the, the day in the life of someone in Haiti and hear kind of the work that 
GoServe does. You may have actually seen GoServe Global at the Iowa Iowa State Games. Um, they been build uh, those grain bin homes, those souk-up safety homes, and they build those at the Iowa Iowa State Game, and they talk about them on the big screen. And so we're going to partner with them uh, specifically to help a number of orphans eat. They have, um, in addition to their homes that they do, they do a number of orphanages. And so many uh, uh, children in Haiti are left by their parents or just honestly left to die um, in the streets. And so these orphanages literally save lives. They don't just give people a place to go, kids a place to go. They literally save these children's lives. They give them food, they give them education, and really a new lease on life as well. And unfortunately, um, because of, again, the domestic slow in our economy, um, support is running low in Haiti. And uh, Ken, I was talking to him, let me know that there is an entire orphanage that he is aware of. It's not a go-serve global orphanage. It's another organization's orphanage. And that organization has decided to no longer support that orphanage. And so on December 1st, there is an orphanage in Haiti with 150 kids um, that live there that will be entirely out of funding. That means no food, no education, really no orphanage as of December 1st for this orphanage. And so we're going to do at least what we can to help contribute towards um, that. And so um, we're going to help sponsor um, some of those kids. Um, Certainly uh, an entire orphanage exceeds our capacity, uh, at least with a $6,100 goal. But my promise to you is if we get more, we will give more. If we get more, we will give more and help those uh, kids eat and stay healthy and educated and growing um, as best as we can. So we're going to raise $1,300 for that and, and give to go serve. In total, um, so back to our breakdown, in total, that ends up to be about $1,600, double what we raised last year. And so I really hope you will consider partnering with us in that, investing in that, um, because 100%, 100, 100% of everything you give goes. There's no administrative fees taken out. It just 100% goes to those who need at most. And of course, that first $1,800 is matched dollar for dollar. So if you give a dollar, there's another dollar that goes with it. You give 100, it's actually 200. And so let's take advantage of that right off the bat to help those people. I mean, seriously, if everybody who is watching this morning, just basic math, if everybody watching this morning gave $50, we would be $4,300 closer to this goal just this morning. I'll say that again. If 50 people um, gave, or if all the people, excuse me, just watching this live stream so far this morning, if every single individual that was connected gave $50, we would be at $4,300 towards our goal this morning alone. Just $50. Now, should some of you probably give more? Yeah, some of you probably should give more, but I'm going to leave that up to you. Here's how you're going to do this. Here's how you're going to get involved in Be Rich. You're going to pull open your phone. You're going to pull open your laptop. You're going to open a new tab, whatever it looks like. You're going to go to infuse.church, infuse.church slash be rich. And what you're going to do there is you're going to be rich. There are a lot of videos and information and um, kind of some FAQs on that webpage for you to understand what we've done in the past, organizations we've helped in the past and currently, and what it's going to go to this year. Okay. And what you're going to do on there then is you're going to do one of two things. You're going to give or you're going to pledge. There's two links on the page, give 
or pledge. You can also give through our app if you choose the fund Be Rich. If you give through the app, choose the fund Be Rich and it'll go to that. But if you go to this page, you can click to give or to pledge. Pledge is a new thing. We haven't done it before, but many people over the years when we've done Be Rich said, hey, Taylor, I can't give as much as I want to give this month alone. So could we do a pledge? And so this year I'm saying, yes, you can. So if you say, I'd really like to give $300, but I can only give $100 today, you can pledge $300, give $100 today. And then in the next three months, sometime in the next three months, essentially through the end of January, give the remaining $200 of your pledge. Okay. So you can give $300. It's good through January. You can give more by simply just pledging. I know I know Infused Church is capable of exceeding that $6,100 goal. I know we can do that. I know that we can do that. And then I know that we then have the opportunity to make even a greater impact. Not a single dollar will go ungiven this year. And so if you decide to give more, we will fund more projects because I know having conversations with these nonprofits that they have other projects that we could help with. And so let's, let's meet that goal and let's exceed it. And I, I'd love for you to get involved. This is a great opportunity to parents. This right here is a great opportunity to get your kids involved. This is a great opportunity to teach them generosity to help them understand what it means to say no to a couple things so you can say yes to helping, loving, and serving others. Maybe a few less Starbucks this month. Maybe a few less five-guy orders this month, even though their burgers are so good and so greasy. And you give to help those people around the world and locally who are in need. Maybe this month you have some unexpected income. Okay, let's be generous with that. Let's be generous with that unexpected income. Let's help those who are backed into a corner. You and I know this is never fun, especially when our home is on the line, especially when our health is on the line, especially when our food, our lifeline is on the line. That's what people are experiencing locally and around the world. So let's help a hurting world. Let's be Jesus followers. Let's verify our word, our commitment that we are Jesus followers through our actions, through our generosity. Let's help so that people around the world know that they are loved, regardless of if they know God or not. Let's just love people because God loved us first. You all online, you all give year round. And I thank you for your generosity. Thank you for supporting Infused Church. This Be Rich is extra. Be rich is generosity. Be rich is going above and beyond what we normally give. Because when you give to Infuse, you support the ministry we do here. This is above and beyond that. In addition to that, to be generous and help those who are hurting. This means we got to dig deep. This means we got to say no to some things to say yes to give. And you can do it. And I can do it. Let's commit this morning together to be rich in good deeds be willing to share, and be generous. My ask is simply this. You go to that website. You look it all over. Email me if you have questions. But ultimately, that you would pray and give. You would pray and give. You'd ask God, God, what does generosity look like me? Look like from me right now? What could I give this month? Maybe what could I pledge to give over the next couple months? to help those in need. Maybe $50, 
It may seem like a lot, but for you, for some of you, that is not a lot. For some of you, you can open your bank account right now and look at that statement and say, you know what? I have a lot. I have some that I can give to help kids eat, to help families get through, and essentially be that hand of hope into people's lives when they're stuck between a rock and a hard place to help them out. Let's be that church. Let's be generous. Let's be rich. If you would, bow your heads, pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, it is easy to resist someone asking us for money. It is easy to resist helping others who are hurting. It is easy to look at our lives and how good we got it. It's easy to look at our bank account and say how little we want that to go any lower than it already is. It's easy to excuse ourselves out of this call to be generous. It's easy to walk away. So Lord, my prayer is that you would help us to not take the easy route this morning, this month, maybe for the next couple months. That you would encourage us, convict us, lead us, give us the strength and the courage we need to be generous. To help those who are hurting. To be Jesus followers like the early church was. That they came to agreement. That they were going to give what they could to help those who needed it most. And if it meant walking hundreds of miles to deliver that, they were going to do that. Because just as you love us so much, we too should love others. We should reflect the love that you have shown us to others. We should work through our resistance to come to a place of loving, light-giving, life-giving generosity. Lord, help us to be rich this year. Thank you for all you've done for us and the model you've shown us. Help us to live and up to that, to honor that through our generosity this year. In your name I pray. Amen. As always,